Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's being reported that it's 20 degrees, but the wind chill is six. This just in from White Bear Lake correspondent. A couple of cars out on the lake. No. Ice fishers. Ice fishermen. Yep. Car? You can't. Really? I guess it's strong enough. I I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Let's put it this way. Here we go. The uh, twins were very, very fortunate to have gotten that game in yesterday because today would be not pleasant. I don't, I don't think they would have tried to play today. When you were watching the scenes, too, when it, when you were in the sunshine, it didn't look too bad. Oh! No. But then when the shade uh, rolled around, Ooh. That, Ooh. Did, that did not look fun. Well, here. I still can't get over the eagle attack in that picture. Well, you know what the remarkable <laughs> thing about that was? Uh, who was the pitcher? Uh, James Paxton. Paxton. He really showed some poise. He really did. Yes. He didn't. He was just like, all right, let he him do his thing. He probably figured if I freak... This thing might claw my carotid artery right out of my head. And my career's over. And I'm done. Right. I saw a... Was there a Seattle pitcher one time named Mike Parrott? Mike Parrott. That ring a bell? Mike Parrott. Mike Parrott. It might, might have been, but I, I it's the name is escaping me. Uh, <clears throat> Mike Parrott. I, I was just thinking, what if the eagle landed on a parrot? Oh, ba-dum, boom. You know, wasn't that silly? No, I got to look it up. Just silly. Mike, like... Parrot, like a like the bird. If I'm not mistaken, find this out for me. I'm on it. I think I was covering a game in which Parrot took one to the swimsuit area and had to go to the hospital. Look at you, 1977 to 1981, Mike Parrot, yep. a six foot four, 210 pound pitcher for your Seattle. Mariners. I mean, he almost lost the boys on that one. Oh, it was very, very. Uh, it was very dangerous. Was he, he was carted was he, out of there. Was he wearing the equipment? But apparently not. Oh. Yeah. You know, men tend to remember those kinds of things. Yeah, we do. You know. Well, speaking of Seattle pitchers. Yeah. I can never I'll never forget Billy Swift taking one off the forehead when Gary Gaetti hit a line drive back up the middle. You don't like to see that. I I that makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. Uh well here, just to cheer you up. Just to cheer you up. Uh, April 14th, 1983. It didn't make any difference because the Twins were playing indoors. Uh, But we got 13.6 inches of snow on April 14th, 1983. As I said yesterday, this has all happened before. Mm -hmm. We just tend to shut it out of our memories. I remember leaving here. That was a storm that put, I think, the first of the holes 
in the Metrodome roof. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. 14 inches, uh, Jerry Bell remembered. Uh, He was president of the Twins then. Then they had to deflate the dome to prevent prevent further damage. So, uh, is there any more in this? It's a Channel 5 story. Uh, Is it? No, there's no more. That was a that was, if I recall, the North Stars were playing the Blackhawks in the playoffs. And uh, is that eighty one? Against my wishes, uh, for some reason, the CP took my car out of the garage and never got fifty yards down the alley. So. My how times have changed. <laughs> okay, check my memory. See if the North Stars played the Blackhawks in 1983 playoffs. Playoffs? I believe I was in Chicago well, when we got that 14 inches of snow on April 14, 1983. When did you get word uh, of the... Uh, During a phone call. The, yeah. <laughs> I think the car was still there a couple of days later when I got home. Look at you. Was it 83? They beat the Torontos in the first round, mm-hmm. then played the Hawk. In the second round, where they lost four games to one. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago was swept by the Edmontons. Yep, that was the spring of the uh, the storm that all of us have forgotten. I suppose there's a, let's see, Metrodome was, uh, what was the first year of play in the Metrodome? 82? 82. And the final year of play was 09. Do yes. the math on that. 82 to 09 would be 27 years. Okay, I suppose there's a 27-year gap in our memory for being attuned to spring weather. Well, what I was just going to say, I remember in either 08 or 09 leaving this building when I was working here, mm-hmm. going to the home opener when the Twins were playing the Angels, mm-hmm. and there it was a there was a foot of snow outside. Yeah, we there's a there's a gap there. The Metrodome will will uh, serve to have provided us with a gap of memory because if you just Nothing ever got postponed or canceled. Because we were in the Dome. We were in the Dome. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I did not hear from Stacy, the official GL geologist. She could be on a research uh, mission. But uh, the uh, L.A. area got a little shaker today. 5.3. No. Mm-hmm. Off the Channel Islands. Uh, 12.29 p.m. at a depth of 10 miles beneath the surface. Oh, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh, it was 41 miles southwest of Ventura, 85 miles west of L.A. Uh, it was produced by offshore faults that are part of the system that moves Southern California around a bend of the San Andreas Fault. That's according to seismologist Lucy Jones. Uh, there were no immediate reports of images, uh, injuries or damages, but buildings were uh, shaking. Shaking was felt all along the coast from San Luis Obispo to the, to, uh, to the north to San Clemente in the south. Wow. Uh, many of the more than 300-day visitors and campers who were on Santa Rosa, Santa Cruz, and Anacapa Islands when the trembler, the tembler struck reported feeling a jolt and rolling motions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sidewalks heaving up in torrents. Uh, some people in L.A. received about a 10-second warning before the shaking hit thanks to the state's Earthquake Early Warning System, according to seismologists at the California Institute of Technology. Well, I, you know, I think the people that live in uh, 
uh, California have just made their bargain. They've made their peace. They love to live there, and they're going to put up with all sorts of stuff. The rumbling would bug me. The rumbling? You know, when you when you feel the rumble. I, I would be unsettled by that. I know I've been in two of them out there. No. Oh, yeah. One was a golf trip in the winter, not, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago in the desert, staying at an embassy suites, and it felt like a truck had run into the building. That's so you the, were in the you were in the hotel yeah, room. It happened, it happened at night, and that's the sensation. It was it was like a a semi had run full speed into the building. Boom! Did stuff knock off the shelf? A and little, not dramatically, not significantly. And the other one was I, I was in the Rose Bowl press box. I remember you telling. Okay, and I I probably set a world record <laughs> for writing a a story. Maybe twenty two seconds. I wrote a complete story. And then ran the hell out of there. There once was a man from yeah. Nantucket. And they are all, everybody else <laughs> was just sat up there and kept typing. And I said, uh-uh, 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 See you later. Uh-uh. I didn't take the elevator either, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Where's he going? Right well, he's out of here. He has to go. I shouldn't say I was in two earthquakes. I wasn't. Patrick was in the big one in 88, San Francisco and Oakland. Every person was a hero. I went back and my computer (laughs) plug was still in the room. (laughs) I felt a couple of shakes is what I encountered. But even... I never was in any with it in one where harm was brought to anyone. But even that I would find unnerving. Well, looking back, I find it interesting, but at the time it was unnerving. See, I got a nice uh, note. You know, we got listeners all over the place. I know. This this guy lives in Hawaii. Remind me to tell oh, you a story about in, that. Oh, he lives in... Gotta write it down. Kilhei? Kilhei? K-I-H-E-I. K-I-H-E-I? Kilhei? Kilhei? I don't know. Sure. But he said, thought you might find this interesting. Love the show. I've got you on podcast. Lived in Minnesota from 1989 to 2006. Have a good one. Brian on Maui. Lives on Maui. You think it's warmer than six six above windchill? Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a letter to the editor mm-hmm. in the uh, the Maui News. Must be Maui's daily paper, huh? Okay. Maybe it's not a daily. Maybe it is. Do they have a comic strip? He just sent me the letter to the editor. Uh, global warming is apocalyptic faith. Science commits suicide when it adopts a creed," said Aldous Huxley. The climate change movement has taken all, all the trappings of a creed and one with apocalyptic trappings at that. It has its saints, sinners, and rituals. Believers are honored for their purity. Their mantra is, the end is near. How near is unclear. It may be good to recall that in the 40 years since Al Gore's hearings on the climate, the Pacific atolls have, reta- have remained stubbornly above water. California and Florida remain habitable, and we've dodged a war over who owns the Northwest Passage as it's still impassable. The model is predictive, and time will best confirm it or let it fade away. In the interim, the faithful should constrain their attempts to suppress skeptics with personal hate attacks under the banner of righteousness. As a previous reader has noted, any challengers are labeled deniers. That's me. I'm a denier. No, of course you are. In a thinly veiled attempt to suggest that they share values with the neo-Nazis who deny the Holocaust. Skepticism is and has been, since its origin, the root 
of science as a discipline. It's best nurtured or science will indeed die. Bob Sign, Kahey, K-I-H-E-I. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But uh, uh, Mr. Sign has, a, has it right on the money. Mm-hmm. Right on what we call the money. Now I turn to some emails. You all right? Well, I was going to tell you my story. Well, what story? Well, you were saying we have listeners everywhere. Oh, please. I'm sorry. I I, I can't recall if, I've, if I told you this off the air or not. I was in Fort Myers a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Brian and I went to the ball game. We went to Pinchers right on the water. Who's Brian? The bride. Oh, bride. The, okay. Yeah. I was like, what, who is Brian? <laughs> wow. Uh, the bride and I went to the ball game. Sure you were with her? Yeah, 100% All right. positive. Because right. right. she was driving. All right. And uh, we go to Pinchers right there in the water, uh, down not downtown Fort Myers, but in Fort Myers, in the town of Fort Myers or yes. Fort Myers Beach. Might have been Fort Myers Beach. All right. Anyway, great spot. We wanted to see the sunset. Absolutely. Have a little din din. Sure. It's packed. I would imagine spring break week. Yeah. A uh, couple at the bar are are waving at us because they could see where we were just in line to grab a drink. Yeah. And pointing at two empty seats. Really? We went and sat down. We started BSing. I was wearing a Twins ball cap. He says, oh, are you from Minnesota? I said, yep, uh, the Southwest Metro. Oh, my wife here is originally from Victoria. I'm from originally from Northfield. We've relocated. Yeah. We started talking. He said, are you related to the guy on GL? I said, you got to be kidding me. Hmm. How about that? That happens all the time. But he was, they, they're relocated. They listen to the podcast they live every down day. There? Live in Fort Myers, where I also think it's not... Six above windchill. What is wrong with us? I don't know. Here's a guy living on some island in Hawaii. Here's some people living at Pinchers, right on the beach. We're looking at a six. We got we got a report from White Bear that a couple of yokels are out there ice fishing. You know what they don't have? Huh? A fart button. That's right. I got a new one too. Uh, Bill Stein from Upanakin writes. I hope I can simplify this for you. Your eye can only detect objects that are lit. So far, so good. I buy that. Okay. In other words, we only see things because of illumination. Got it. Right. If a star your eye sees is one million light years away, you are seeing what it looked like one million years ago. You are actually looking back in time. If you wanted to see what the star looks like today, you would have to wait one million years for that snapshot to get here. I would bet many things would have changed in that million years, so the star may be long gone, but the light still travels on its journey until it reaches your eye. Okay. He has medical training, so he knows what he's talking about. I don't doubt that for a second. Mm -hmm. But my question is what... And I know you probably I, don't I, know I'm the sorry answer. to interrupt. We'll get right back to this. But the White Bear correspondent is weighing in. Apparently, the fishing poles are just dangled right out the window of the cars. The, the cars are on the ice, and the guys are sitting in the cars with the fishing rods outside the okay. window. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you were going to talk about Bill's email. Well, okay. What's the average life expectancy of a star? That's Let's not go there. We're already confused. Okay, Patrick Kelly tried to help us. We're still confused. All right, now... Because a million years is a long time from now. Well, now we have to turn to our Western Montana correspondent, Mike Thompson, who writes, 
While I found the incomprehensible distance of the farthest star fascinating, I had to figure out what the number actually looked like. Using Microsoft Excel spreadsheet and Googling how to translate big numbers, this is what I came up with. If light travels 186,000 miles per second, then in one minute, it travels 11,160,000 miles. In one hour, it travels 669,600,000 miles. In one day, light travels 16,070,400,000 miles. Hello? Therefore, in one... (laughs) Therefore, in one year, light travels... 5,864,000,000 miles, 5.8 trillion miles. So, multiplying 5865696 by 93 billion, the number of light years away the star is, means the star is... 5.4551 5.4551E plus 22 miles away. That really doesn't mean anything to me until I write it out and try to find out what the number is called. Here's what I found. The newly discovered star is 54 sextillion miles away. As Professor uh, Professor Kelly said, it's a long ways. You still there? Yes, and I am. I am. How are you doing? You all right? <laughs> what? The newly discovered star is 54 sextillion, 551 trillion, no, it's 54 septillion, 551 sextillion Uh miles away. Oh, of course. Okay, that Uh, makes more sense than when the professor said, that's a long way. Well, you got to round up. It's a long ways. Is John is is John Height ready? God, I hope so. I do too. Uh, but you know what? At least we're trying to learn something, huh? Yes. Well, yesterday I provided for you a mm-hmm. giggling elephant. You did a giggling elephant. My boys, where are, where are you going to hear it. that? They loved it this morning. A giggling elephant. Who is it? Johnny Height, uh, Greta Van Fleet. Oh, I've read about them. Yeah. A listener submitted, uh, Ryan submitted this for a possible GL bumper inclusion. They're from northern Michigan. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yes. And they, uh, they're they really highly, highly raved about. I, I'm sorry, I don't particularly like that song. Okay. I haven't heard anything I, by him yet that's let me, lit me on fire. Everything I've heard by him, the only problem I have with it is uh, it sounds like kids playing Led Zeppelin. Well, and they say they're the new Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Well, I looked at a video. I'm watching a video. They all look like they're in junior high. Yeah, they're very young. I think 19 to 22, I think, all of them. Uh, the, the I only, think it's a cool name. Yeah. Isn't their name for a woman in town. Uh, uh, shoot. I, I. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm also encouraged, and I know this, but that 19 to 22-year-olds still know what a guitar is because... There's, there's not many of those left. Because they're doing it all, you mean, on computers? And, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. There's hell. Reverse? Listen to the radio. Nobody plays guitar. Yes, sir. I said to you that they played in the Dome from 1982 to 2009, and how many years did you come up with? Oh, it's 28, isn't it? Yeah. We're fact-based. Uh, Eric writes, Sorry. Joe, uh, 1982 to 2009 would be 28 seasons <laughs> of baseball played in Sorry. the Dome. Sorry. 
that. All right, here's John Hurts. Thanks, Joe. Sorry. It's, it's Sorry. sunny and 20 degrees. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store, proud sponsor of the Beer Show <gasps> with Chris Reavers on 1500 ESPN. Is that tonight? Last night, that big last news. Night. Yeah. The shoots fresh squeezed yeah. in the 12 pack, boys. Oof. Gotta like that. I learned about that beer at the State Fair. Yep. What a wonderful, wonderful creation that mm-hmm. beer is. No t- to shoots. Oregon. Oh, ben, oh, yeah. Bend, Oregon? I think it's, it's. well, I should know. There's I talked a town to called night. Bend. Yeah. I think it is Bend, Oregon. <laughs> I know it's Oregon. I think it's Bend. All right. Okay. No Twins game today. They have the day off. They'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon. It could be a chilly one, but they'll be playing the Mariners at Target Field. Well, Tickets available. Maybe. <laughs> Wolves lose to the Nuggets last night, 100 to 96. Those two teams now tied for that last playoff spot in the Western Conference. Three games left in the season. The last game of the season, Denver in town Wednesday to play a game at the Target Center. Uh, meanwhile, the Wolves will play the Lakers on the West Coast this evening. Dustin Brown scored his fourth goal of the game 23 seconds into overtime. The Kings moved into third place in the Pacific Division with a 5-4 win over the Wild last night. Uh, meanwhile, the Nashville Predators edged the Washington Capitals last night to clinch the top seed in the Western Conference. So, that means the Wild now know their opponent in the first round of the playoffs. They'll face the Winnipeg Jets, the second-place team in the Central. Did the Wild uh, go out west and say, oh, just hell with it? Pretty much. Okay. Well, you know, you're not playing the doobs. You're not playing with as much urgency. You're just trying to stay healthy. I, I get it. Okay. At the Masters, uh, not a lot of playing so far, but Rafa Cabrera Bayo? Is it Bayo or Bella? Uh, 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 I'm going with Bayo because two L's equals yeah, Y in, yeah, in it's Spanish. It's like La Jola. So. Four, he's at four under anyway through 10 today. Uh, Mark Leishman at four under. He's uh, through two holes only. Uh, Tiger started already. He's through two holes. He's uh, up, uh, not up to, he's uh, two over par. Plus two, he's only, what, six shots off six, the lead. Yep. Looks like they're having a n- run of nice weather out there. Well, I'll see. News I notes. got it on the TCL big screen. How's she looking? Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Snow outside. I know. Yeah. That's okay. It's yeah. happened before. That's right. It's cold, too. Yeah. That's life. News notes from today. Tim Pauletti made it official late yesterday after weeks of speculation about his intentions. Pauletti officially announced his candidacy for governor in 2018. He joins a Republican field that also includes former state GOP chair Keith Downey, head of county commissioner Jeff Johnson, who was the party's nominee back in 2014, and Woodbury Mayor Mary Giuliani Stevens, among others. Pauletti previously served as governor from 2003 to 2011, First elected in 2002, defeating DFL candidate Roger Moe and Independence Party candidate Tim Penny in the general election. Re-elected in 2006, beating DFL candidate Mike Hatch. Augsburg University professor Zenga Wanyama's push to ward off his deportation to Kenya has drawn high-profile support. Minnesota's governor wrote immigration authorities on his behalf, and the mayor of Minneapolis joined a rally yesterday in front of Immigration and Customs Enforcement headquarters. But Wanyama's immigration situation remains precarious. At a check-in yesterday, he said immigration officials gave him 90 days to show he has a path to regain his legal status or leave the country. Wanyama lost an asylum bid and appeals years ago, and his immigration attorney said an application to reopen the case faces uncertain prospects. Uh, Further complicating matters, he came to the U.S. about 25 years ago on an exchange visa. That requires him to spend at least two years in his home country. Let's get rid of this troublemaker. What the hell? John, why didn't he become a citizen? Uh, I did look this up, uh, and he was on that. uh, he, He could work for years. 
And then in 2012, he applied for, well, before that, he applied for asylum, was denied. Mm-hmm. Tried again, was denied again in 2012. Uh, once you are denied that, you no longer have a path toward legal residency or citizenship. So but his, the day he arrived here, he arrived here in what kind of uh, condition? Uh, he arrived here on a student visa. From and, that moment on, could he have applied to become a citizen? Yes, until the whole asylum thing came up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at that point, when the asylum <laughs> thing came up, he no longer, his immigration status would not allow him to apply for legal residency or citizenship. In other words, he should have applied for citizenship right off the bat. Uh, correct. All right. Had he th- well, I wish he would have. Why are we kicking out an English professor? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's well you know why obviously yeah, yeah. I could read the news story it's the the new Trump policy rules so are rules huh? rules are rules yeah. basically is what they're saying because your guy that's it hey 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 don't ask me oh on Friday wow you're gonna start that on Friday I know, are you, Chris I, I wow I'm sorry I was holy just, moly I was having a laugh a laugh. Massive ice chunks are still floating on top of the St. Croix River, and they are causing damage to area marinas. Usually the ice is already melted by this time, according to the locals, but this uh, harsh and cold winter has slowed up the thaw. Ken Wolf of Wolf Marine says there's really no stopping the ice. If you can manipulate it to try and keep it away from your property to not cause damage, that's a good thing. He said his marina uses a barge to try to keep ice flows at bay, but that the measure is hit or miss. He said if you get the winds and it's bouncing, there's really no stopping it. Trump administration imposing new sanctions on seven of Russia's richest men and 17 top government officials today. Latest effort to punish President Vladimir Putin's inner circle for interference in the 2016 election and other Russian aggressions. The sanctions designed to penalize some of Russia's richest industrialists who are seen in the West as enriching themselves from Putin's increasingly authoritarian administrations. The sanctions coming just as investigators working for Robert Mueller, the special counsel looking into the possibility of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, have begun to question Russian oligarchs about possible financial links between those in Putin's orbit and people close to the president. No more balloons in New Shoreham, Rhode Island. The town council there voted unanimously this week to say goodbye to balloons for good. The new law prohibits the sale and use of balloons throughout the town, which comprises the area of Block Island off Rhode Island's coast. Kenneth Lacoste, first warden of the town council, said we are very concerned about the environment. There's a lot of information out there of damage that balloons do to the wildlife. Wildlife not the only concern. We must do something about this immediately. No balloons, huh? No balloons. All right, I can live with that. Uh, You're anti-balloon? No, but I... I, uh, You've attended too many kids' birthday parties. I've been thinking too much about all these fish eating plastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is an organization, Joe, if you'd like to join us. No, I'm not that. Let's sign you up. I'm not going to sign an anti-balloon membership form. Nonprofit organization called Balloons Blow. No, no. (laughs) No. no. Oh, I bet you get a t-shirt. Maybe I will sign (laughs) it. Dedicated to warning the public of the dangers of blue. Now, this city council, they don't have a lot to do, I have a feeling. Apparently not. Well, Is this uh, the Block Island City Council? Uh, yeah, uh, New Shoreham, you Rhode Island. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, baby. Just uh, 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 not too long ago, about a month and a half, they also uh, banned uh, plastic use, uh, uh, plastic grocery bags. Yeah, so. I... I, uh, I uh, solving the world's issues. These two months. One balloon at a time. Uh, there's no, luckily, no specific party stores on the island. Where's the balloon industry? Aren't they going to pipe in here? I mean, <laughs> they must somebody's have a, making a living making balloons. We, we're, we're, yeah, we, we got jobs at, at the, uh, what? At yeah, the balloon factory. Balloon factory. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all hey, right. What are you going to do? How you doing? Uh, okay. Yep. 
Reavers, you take us to break. Uh huh. And then uh, we'll be back with the weather. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 20 degrees, but just struggling to get up to the lower 20s. The average high for this time of the year is 53. Uh, we're right now 33 degrees short of that. Partly cloudy skies. It's going to be a cold night tonight, down to 8. The record is 6. We'll probably stay above that. Northwest winds around 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, still cold, a high of only 32. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. And then cloudy skies again tomorrow night, down to 14. Snow developing on Sunday. Sunday's high, 32. Uh, that snow could accumulate several inches by early Monday. Monday's high, though, 36. A lot of the snow is going to be melting on the roadways um, even though it may accumulate at first, I think uh, it's going to be getting fairly warm as we go through next week. 38 on Tuesday, and then Wednesday all the way up to 50 with scattered rain showers developing. And by the time we get to Thursday, we're talking low 50s and uh, possibility of some showers and thunderstorms then. So it, it, there's some hope, I think, at the end of this outlook. But until that time, unusually cold, down to 8 above tonight. Right now, Joe, we're at 20. Dave, the Twins play Saturday at 1 and Sunday at 1. Saturday is, you know, it's going to be chilly, but it's not going to be, uh, it might turn out to be the coldest. I think the coldest has been 34. Is that the I coldest? That, uh, for, for the Twins. 31 against Toronto in 2014. Okay. Then uh, we're going to be close to that yeah. on Saturday. And then Sunday, I, I don't think the game is going to get played. All right. Thank you. Yep. Uh, emailer, uh, loyal California listener, Will writes in, I've been getting a lot of emails today from people uh, telling me that they're podcasters. Do you think they're just trying to rub it in that they're in a warm location? I think so. I moved to San Francisco in July of last year and experienced my first earthquake about four months ago. I can't remember what the size was, but it woke me up at about 4 a.m. And unlike your experience, it was a long shake, almost like you were driving down a poorly maintained gravel road. It knocked a few things off the walls, but no damage. Where I live is what concerns me. I live about two blocks from the ocean, and my house is at about 20 feet above sea level. We have weekly tests of the tsunami warning system and have even been in a few tsunami watches from earthquakes in Alaska while I have been living at my current address. From what I have heard, if there was a tsunami from an earthquake that far away, we would have about three hours to get to an elevation of uh, over 100 feet above sea level, and that's about a half mile away. If it's directly off the coast where I live, that time dwindles to about 15 minutes. Loyal California listener will. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, what's this one? Oh. Uh, okay. Yesterday I was lamenting. Uh, we didn't. I didn't stay with it long, but I noted that the DNR is expecting the Ma and Pa bait shops. Mm-hmm. To provide their own means of uh, registering people for licenses. Uh, apparently, previously, the DNR supplied the computer. The DNR is no longer doing that, and they're telling the Ma and Pa bait shops, if you want to sell fishing and hunting licenses, we're, we're looking for an arrangement by which you would provide the, uh, the technology to do that. And I, I thought, I quickly interpreted as the state's, wants that money and they're so they're telling Ma and Pa, you get us our money for us. We're not going to pay for your equipment to do it. That's right. Okay. But I'm always willing to learn. Uh, Jesse writes, Joe, I think you answered your own question concerning the DNR's new policy of making businesses pay for the licensing hardware. They're essentially forcing fishermen and hunters to buy their license online. 
Only around 12% of them bought online. That is the point. They're looking to drive that up because that's the cheapest way to deliver it. And if a store still wants to have a licensed kiosk in their store to drive fishing foot traffic for poles and lures and gear, then they need to pay for the infrastructure to sell the license. This is the DNR saying, we don't care where users get the license. Can't say I'm mad about this in principle. Hmm. The DNR is cutting costs and licenses are still just as available as ever online. Now what they do with the savings and any ad dollars that may be available once the DNR website becomes heavily trafficked, that's another question. You and I both know we'll never see that money back anywhere. Licenses will not get cheaper. Pretty capitalist approach for a somewhat liberal state. I'm content. Hopefully they get to where Wisconsin is. They don't even print a license anymore. It's electronically tied to your driver's license number. Good luck, Jesse. All right. I can see the light. I can, I can, uh, you know, the University of Garage Logic is always open. I, I guess I see the light there. And then finally, regarding yesterday again, Steve Mulholland, a loyal GL listener in Liberal Lakes, right? I caught only a portion of yesterday's broadcast, so forgive me if this has been covered. A thought occurred to me while listening to your discussion on linking smoking warnings to the likes of John C. Calhoun and George Wallace. An analogy might be drawn rather than a link in this matter. With regard to smoking in the movies, the equivalent to renaming Lake Calhoun would be to use special effects to erase all smoking from classic films. Erasing the smoking scenes won't eradicate smoking, just as renaming Calhoun will not ease slavery. I'm sorry, will not erase slavery from our history. It happened. Let's learn from it. Well, absolutely. I'm in. I'm in Steve's camp. I'm in Downing's camp. Uh, we have to. We have to safeguard our history. Uh, otherwise, people will, like Downing pointed out, people will get to the point where they'll say that never happened. What are you talking about, Neil? Uh, Mr. Mayor. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, back when they legalized gambling, somewhat um, apart from the casinos, um, the scratch-offs and the Powerballs and all that. I thought this, this scratch-offs and all that was going to take care of all this money and all these problems we had. Where is all that money going, sir? That's a great we, question. You know? All right, sir. Thank you. Every once in a while we look. Who's on line one? Nathan. Nathan. Yeah, Joe. Yes. First-time caller, long-time listener. Wonderful. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Not trying to rub it in. It's only 82 degrees. <laughs> Not a big deal. Yeah. Are you anywhere okay. near Harlingen? <laughs> no, I actually lived in Minnesota my whole life until six and a half years ago. Yep. Moving back. Okay. I need a ruling. Yes. Am I making a dumb choice? To move back here? Yeah. Well, why are you coming back here? That would That would influence the decision making. Well, I'm moving back because my wife has a lot of family up there. She wants to live up there. Well, I think you're making a wise choice. You got to keep her happy. All right. Yeah. Are you retired? Uh, no, sir. What do you do? Construction. Well, will you be able to get a gig up here? Well, why not? Yeah, okay. Well, then come on back and you'll listen to the show live every day. Yeah, well, I have to I have to Listen on the stupid tune-in thing. Yeah, the but. podcast, yeah. Thank hey, you. Works. Thank you. Uh, hey, thank you, sir. Uh, who's that uh, next one? That'd be Tom. Tom? Yes. You're on Mayor, the air. I've got a great story for you. Well, I'll uh, be the judge of that. All right. My sweet wife 
and my youngest son went down to Mississippi to help with cleaning up Hurricane Katrina. Okay. They were down there. Everything was devastated. Not a palm tree standing, not a building standing, absolutely nothing there. And the lady says to my wife, where are you all from? And Jan says, Minnesota. She said, oh, Lord, who would ever live there? And she's standing amidst the ruins, huh? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> you got to listen to that stupid tune-in thing. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that. I want it on my radio. I wonder if he got my Harlingen reference. You ever hear from moron number one? Nope. People are wondering if he died. Uh, <laughs> no, he did not. He did not. Sure is sad to hear about old Joe. Cal <laughs> Mishki did that to me. <laughs> ah. Now, Rook's fine. We don't know where he is, but he's fine. You know where he is? He, he somewhere where it's not six below windshield oh. or six above windshield. Yeah, he can stop with the text. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's twenty. I think it's twenty. Twenty degrees.